All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies Podcast. We give you all of the reasons that you need to keep your Netflix account. We talk about the downfall of Westworld, break down White Lotus Season 2, and rewatch the Coen Brothers classic Fargo. Here we go. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Couldn't be on a bigger high. Feeling great. You? We are we are having a good week, guys. Go back, check out our sports cast. The Vikings have won six straight one-score games in a row. Uh, so if you're a, a sports fan, check out our sports cast where we talk all about um, what has been a really awesome Viking season, putting us on that high that Ryan was talking about. Never and, a doubt. Uh, Another thing that would make us feel great is if you guys gave us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast, or you subscribe uh, anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone, your device, each and every week for free. Hey, you know, you guys know what you can do Thank if you. you're listening right now? You can, on your phone, there's a little share button. It's like a, a box with an arrow coming out the top, okay? You click that, you could either text it, you could email it, you could post it to a social. Get us out there, baby. People want to hear it. Yeah, please do. That'd be awesome. All right, guys, so... Um, we're going to jump into do we care, but before that, what are you guys drinking tonight? I am having, uh, one of the only beers left in my fridge at this point. It's radiant preserve. I had it a few weeks ago. I'm having it again. Now it's an apricot peach Saison from modest. I think it's just an okay, uh, modest beer to be honest with you. Yeah. I tried one. I thought it was just okay. I shared it. Um, all right. I'm at Drucker and I paid full price, like 20 something dollars for this four pack. It's the garbage people, double IPA and I haven't had a beer like this in a while. It's what you expect. It's a big, hazy, hot bomb. Uh, it's very good, but I kind of get this style now. I think I understand it. Maybe don't need that Stick much more of it. Yeah. Um, I oh, I had a, a joke lined beer. up for garbage people. Can I tell it quick? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to be like, you know, garbage people, sort of like what Eric considers Minnesota State Fairgoers. Yes, okay, that's okay. what it is. It's a Minnesota State Fair-themed beer. That's what it is. Yeah, perfect. All right, Ryan, Just go ahead. <laughs> There, I thought there were mutants. I'm so confused. Uh, anyway, nothing exciting from me. I only bought one four-pack because reasons. Um, I got the Utapils Skulch in honor of the Vikings. Perfect. Let's go. All right, guys, Let's we go. jump right into Do We Care, the Avatar trailer drop. We've been talking about Avatar over the last couple of weeks. How excited are you guys for Avatar 2? I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I thought the trailer looked pretty good, although watching those visuals on like a little small screen jump around back to back to back to back where it just new colorful shit pops up. It's a little underwhelming. I think watching the movie is we're going to really suck you in and you're going to love it. And I think people will go back multiple times. I think it's going to make a lot of money. My question for you guys is having seen the trailer or not, do you think that this movie is going to make more money than people expect the same or less money than people expect, which I think people expected to do quite well. I think that um, it's going to make less. Less. Eric, yeah. you vote less. I think less because I think that the, when the first one came out, it was at a different time in the world yeah. when more people went to movie theaters than do now. And so I think um, the ceiling on movies has, has dropped. Okay, that's fair. I guess that depends on what what is the expectation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, what Let's is not the, overcomplicated. Um, I would probably say more people are stupid. They love Venom. They love their <laughs> former IPs. Like they go to these movies and you're like, that 
it's a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes. The Rock's in it, and it made a billion dollars in the first right. three weeks. So I feel like uh, James Cameron hasn't put out a movie in a while. They're really leaning into that. Um, I think it'll make more just because people are idiots. I get the reasons. I get the reasons for Eric. Um, I just feel like every time people have underestimated James Cameron, he's like set a new box office record, like Titanic, Avatar, Terminator 2, whatever it may have been. He's killed it. So I'm going to say, uh, at, you know, a, the right amount of money, which is a lot. I think it's going to be a very big deal. I'm personally excited about it, but I want to go see it like in an IMAX theater. All right. Um, next up, we have The Last of Us. It premieres on January 15th. This needs to be a big show from HBO. We never get good video game shows, uh, but I don't know. This one seems like the cast is right. Hopefully the story will be too. How excited are you guys for Last of Us January 15th on HBO Max? Well, I think um, two things. Number one, we typically get video game adaptations as movies mm-hmm. most of the time. So I feel like this... This might end up being a little bit different. I know we had um, was the cartoon that we loved so much. Um, Sonic? Or... No, no, no. Oh, uh, yeah. You really like that. The one League of Legends game. League of Legends. Um, yeah, anyway, that was a really good, good show. Yeah. So we typically don't get those things because they're like, oh, we're going to make a movie. We're going to make a World of Warcraft movie. Or we're going to make Assassin's Creed with Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender. And, and none of that ever pans that out. Eric's, Eric's guy. Um, I feel like HBO has positioned this this show to stand alone in, you know, the cold of winter in, in January where, like, it's like a barren desert. And I think that's intentional. I think they've positioned mm-hmm. this show to be very successful. They've clearly invested in a lot of cast members. The first trailer looked incredible. Um, you know, even though we don't really need a trailer, we played the video game, you know, we, we kind of know what's going on. So yeah. um, I think that them hyping up the release date means that HBO is hyped for this and everyone else should. I feel like most video game adaptations have been like a game like Mario, where you're like, okay, so what should we make this movie about? Well, he's a, a plumber. Okay, who's this bad guy? Okay, all right, we got uh, Bowser. Okay, check. What does he do? He kind of jumps on turtles. All right. And then they have to come up with an entire movie or story about that? Well, I feel like the story is always like a kid loves the game Mario and he plays it and there's a thunderstorm and the the, the power lines get struck by lightning shooting electricity through his Nintendo and then Mario comes out of the TV and he's like, no, 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 don't tell my mom. But then Bowser or, or also, the or the yeah. the reverse of that, he gets sucked, he gets in. sucked in. He gets sucked into the world yeah, of, be the, Mario of the game. Too, yeah. yeah. And so Bowser, <laughs> has, like, so he has like a castle, but it's actually like a skyscraper. And kid has to help Mario fight against Bowser, who is like teamed up with like an evil businessman who's trying to put his dad's company out of WB almost just bought that script for 4 million. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, and then in Mario two, he gets sucked into the game yeah. and now it's a kid running around. That's the sequel. To, he has to hit bricks with his head and you know, it's terrible. He rides Yoshi in a big heroic moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the problem with like what video game movies have been. They're just so bad and so cheesy and they don't know how to tell the story without telling you that it's a video game. And I but, think that, that is mm-hmm. its death. But The Last of Us already has a good story. Yeah. Like, yeah. The video the game Last story itself is. Has cutscenes that are like a season of television. I mean, they're just going to, yeah. if they just take it, it's going to be as good as the, as the game, I guess. Um, 
which was amazing. The story is so good. I hope they don't really change things. I, I'm okay with the ending being exactly the same. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they actually have a, so much more to work with than in other games. I, I think this ga- I think this show is going to be very much like the game, mm-hmm. and that there's going to be a lot of like dark uh, CG where they're like trying to navigate quietly around clickers mm-hmm. and you know make it's their way through the tense. world. I think it's going to be very tense. I completely agree. And I think it's going to be because kind of like outside some of the, you know, dilapidated buildings, it's very bright and green. There is a lot of green. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that is going to be balanced with a lot of like edge of your seat, holding your breath moments. Even though you watch the game, it still is not quite the same as seeing it like in live action. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a major win for HP. I can't wait. And it's coming up. And a win for us. All right, guys. Next, we're going to move to another video game adaptation. But before we do that, we're going to actually jump over to just Netflix. We got lots of Netflix news. Okay. So for all of you people who are thinking about canceling Netflix, maybe you won't want to. Because another video game is coming to Netflix. It's going to be Gears of War. Mm. Did you guys Ooh. ever play this game? Yeah, it was terrible. It so this was an Xbox think, thing, right? Yeah, I think I bought this yep. game. And then I think I played like two levels and then quit and never played it again. There was it like was an Xbox them, exclusive. There was so yeah. many. It was super dumb. The The costumes didn't work for me. It was just like a Halo knockoff is what it So like. it has to star Batista, right? Like they're not going to do it unless they get Batista to be the main guy. He looks exactly like the main dude. I think he was the main guy in the game. Yeah, I I'm really not... think he was. Like it must have been modeled off of him. I think he was like the voice actor of it. Too. Oh, well, there you go. I think. Maybe I'm making that up. Someone here is like. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like you're making it up, but that's okay. So it, it's got to be Batista, and then it's maybe got to be like um, Terry Crews. Like they got to be big and buff dudes, right? Like that's the whole thing. They got a big blockhead with a big, huge, giant shoulder. I mean, it, yeah, they're meat, they're meatheads. They're meatheads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Eric's looking it up. Um, he does play the character Marcus Phoenix in the video game. Okay. Well, I didn't even so know that, and I fucking him. called it. So. I know and everybody up. wants him to now play it in real life. He's going to read the script and, and say no, because he does real movies now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's this war, it's not doing it for us. Not not making you well, not want to cancel. Not only that, I'm sure uh, James Gunn has already called Dave Batista and is like, mm-hmm. hey man, I got rolls on rolls for you mm-hmm. in the new DC-verse. Don't sign on with stupid fucking Netflix and their dumb, stupid video game. Come yeah. play with me in the DC world and we'll have fun. You did that when you were just trying to break into acting, and you can move on from that now. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Need more reasons to keep your Netflix account? How about Sandman? It's renewed for season two. We kind of liked it. I mean, that doesn't do it for me personally. That wouldn't keep me going. Um, season five of Stranger Things is really what's keeping me. And then, of course, we got um, 19. Is it no? 1899. But I'm excited. I'm excited. This is this is a good show. You're you're jumping you're jumping all over Eric's mojo here. You're, I know. I always do that. Six but things in the future. Let him. Let, let, let's just let things flow. I agree. I just strike that from the record, and I'll just say about this. I'll watch the whole thing. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll watch Sandman. You will. Well, yeah. It's not like Sandman. You know. So it's also not going to be around for a while, and because no. they had no idea what they had on their hands, they've hemmed and hawed about renewing it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, will they, won't they? And they finally are like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Um, and so now they can probably start to write and, you know, lock in actors and start getting that snowball going. But it, it's going to be two years before we see season two of that. Anyway. I agree. I agree. But I do care. 
If we still play the game of uh, do you care or don't care, I do. All right. Uh, okay, so maybe that didn't do it for you, but what about Knives Out 2 trailer uh, dropping this week? And uh, it's coming out on November 23rd, so right around uh, Thanksgiving. Nobody should cancel their subscription until they've seen this movie, I think. I think it's going to be good. Um, some reviewers have seen it. It's gotten, like, the you know, those generic early positive reactions where they can't really give anything away. Um, and the trailer looks really fun. I I like a lot of the actors in it. It has that actress from Outer Banks, Eric, your gal. Okay, Sarah Cameron. Oh, she's in it, and she's in a swimsuit, and it's the whole thing, of course. And you got Batista with his uh, tats and his guns, and he looks cool. And That's it. Daniel Craig and Sarah from Outer Banks, done. I know. Yeah. That should be it. Say, say no more. And I think that say Daniel no more, Craig's fam. character is officially out, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like they can probably explore that a little bit. Oh, oh, out? Like he's out? Like He's he's a gay a, man, yeah. A gay man? Oh, I thought you were saying he was out of the movie, and I was like, oh. <laughs> he's oh, the one that dies five minutes in, and that's what it's about. You yeah, know? If you guys heard Thank me you. going, oh, oh, it wasn't because I was upset that he was a gay man. It was because <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, Eric, come on. What's his name, Gusteau or something? What's his fucking name? <laughs> None of us know. Right, um, and then if, that, if that's not reason enough, we are getting word that Season 5, Chapter 1 of Stranger Things is going to be called The Crawl. Why do we know this already? They, the Duffer Brothers just, like, tweeted a picture of the first script to get people hyped up on it. Um, yeah, it's called The Crawl. Oh, they did the, that's the Spider-Man. That's the Tom Holland movie. Yes, yeah. And so, you know, they've always had, like, very cryptic... Remember, like, The Bathtub? And we're like, what the fuck is that episode going to be about? Well, it's about people going in a bathtub to get to the Upside Down. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. So we don't know what they're crawling through or what the crawl is, but I bet it's going to be fucking epic. And I'm did really a... excited for the finale of this amazing, very Do successful know when? show. Do we know when it is going to be? Uh, next future. year, next summer. I don't know. Um, first episode runtime, three hours and 92 minutes. <laughs> right. It's like, it's what, hey, it's only going to be a six-episode finale, but it's going to be it's a It's a six-episode first episode. <laughs> yeah. the, first, the first episode of Stranger Things is six episodes long. You guys will love it. <laughs> right. All right. Um, we need to jump to another streaming service. Well, hold on. Right. Is, that, is, is all of that enough to keep your Netflix subscription? Because I think for right now, it's not. I'm going to keep it. In the near term? I mean, I'm going to keep not. it personally. I already canceled. You did not. Dude, you're missing out on you're missing out on so many brand new. So you're not going to watch 1989 or Knives Out with us. It's There's all so canceled. many new climbing docks that they just put on. Did you know that? They Which have three ones? climbing send me, docks. Send coming. me some links. I want a link. I want a link, <laughs> and I want to know what it's called. Otherwise, well, that no. could change the dynamics of the show, but we'll have to it's just review called, without you. Um, isn't it called something like uh, Killer Free Climb? I think that's what no, it's called. I think it's solo, called Living wrong. on the Edge Part 2. The I don't know. I can't name a climber. but You know what, Jim? You're a prick because you, you started loving these shows too, and you're like, I actually really like these. And now because Eric, it's like, oh, let's make fun of Barter. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, you so had much in my head, so I got to give you credit for that. They're pretty good. Another streaming service, and I don't know, maybe my favorite show this year, which is crazy to think at this point of the year because there's been so many great shows, um, mm-hmm. Severance, season yes. two with some casting news. Severance was just an absolute treat of a show. Um, yep. We find out that Allie Shawcat, which she, what do we know her from? Uh, she was like the star of Search Party as Dory. So she okay. was great maybe, in that. Maybe from uh, Arrested Development. Yes. yes. that Yeah, probably maybe even more well-known for that, sure. And Gwendolyn Christie, she's from Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones and Captain Phasma, can't forget. Yeah, Bri- Brienne of Tarth. 
Yeah, yeah and, and April's and favorite like, character. Other people that you like, you see their face, and you're like, "Oh, that's that guy from this show, or that's that gal from this," you know. And so they're they're hiring very competent people, um, and they're adding to the cast. Which to me, when they add eight characters at a time, to me, it means Severance. The world of Severance is going to expand a little bit. Are oh, we going to see the different hallways, departments? The hallways are getting bigger. Yeah, the hallways are getting the bigger, baby. Longer. Yeah. I can't. I, I love this show, and I cannot wait to find out more about... I care about the characters, yes, that's very important, but I just want to know what the fuck is going on. I love it. And not not only are their hallways uh, getting more expansive, it's like it's like uh, on the Zelda maps where like it's dark until you explore it there, right? Yes. And then it, it gets brighter. Um, that, and then maybe the outside world would also be expanding too. Like the, the housing projects mm-hmm. where Adam Scott's character lives, you know, maybe, maybe that gets a little bit bigger. Maybe there's more people that are involved. Maybe half these characters are, you know, activists fighting to end the corporation. And then the other half are Dude. like, have drunk the Kool-Aid. Here's what I'm hoping. There's like, maybe, you All know, they go underground to go to work, right? Maybe they think there's 20 floors, but they find out that there's 40 floors or something. And there's like a whole nother yeah. fucking world underneath. Dude. Here's the thing. All of those options, I'm excited for. Sounds what, what, yes. whatever, whatever it is, I, I trust them. And I could not be more excited for them to expand in any direction that they want. Yes. I just, guys, I, all right, I really messed this up. If I was a better host, this would have led so perfectly into what mm-hmm. I wanted my final discussion of this to be. But we're going to have to go into it right now because you guys crushed this so much. Westworld is canceled. And everything mm-hmm. you guys are saying reminds me of the questions that were being asked and the things that we were talking about when Westworld season one ended. We found out about these other worlds. We were like, oh my God, this is going to expand so far. And when it expanded, we didn't really want it to. We wish it would have went back to how it was. And so, well, neither did the, the writers didn't either. And that's why they were like, okay, let's make the balloon smaller. It was better that way. Yeah. And it, it's almost like uh, you guys are spooking me now for season two. That's a, uh, It's not a bad comparison, which is kind of scary. I do think that Severance season one is a little bit better than Westworld season one. Yes, although we were very excited about Westworld at the time, too. We were. Um, so although, it's like, canceled. How many seasons they've done in Severance makes sense, and it feels like there is a logical answer to these things that we will get. And in Westworld, it was like, let's just open as many doors as we can. It was very lost, right? We're like, let's just introduce a mystery. We can figure it out later if it actually ties in or makes sense. Let's just confuse people and get people to watch the next episode. Um, So I I feel like the writing crews are so different. But yeah, RIP Westworld, nobody cares. Um, I guess they are going to pay all the acting crew what they were going to pay them for season five. So that's kind of nice. I don't know if they that's contract or what, but that's pretty good because Paul's not going to get paid for anything else. Um, One... I guess one observation or thought on Westworld season one versus Severance. I think Westworld season one leaned heavily on Anthony Hopkins and Mm -hmm. Ed Harris, and then somewhat to Evan Rachel Wood, um, and then nudity. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying Thady Newton wasn't good, but turns out when it like became her focus, when she was more in the spotlight of the show, it wasn't as good. Yeah. Um, blame the writing, blame the story, blame all of the things, but it just didn't work. Um, and especially when Anthony Hopkins was gone, him as Ford was just, I mean, magnetic. You couldn't take yeah. your eyes off the screen. I think um, as good as Adam Scott is, he's not the star that Anthony Hopkins is. Um, neither is John Turturro. 
Um, sorry, it's not. Is it John Turturro? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other, the other guy, um, Patricia Arquette. Like none, none of these stars. It's it wasn't a star heavy show. I mean, right. Ellie. I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything that I would recognize. Um, so none none of those people are necessarily. Um, I guess Christopher Walken was the biggest star of the show. Um, the security guy. Part. So I think I I think I think Westworld was uh, massive in grandeur, right? Mm-hmm. In in who it had. <clears throat> Christopher Nolan's brother. I think Severance is a little bit more um, indie, more niche. And it was maybe more of an accidental hit than Westworld was intended to be, given yeah. who they brought in to start it. So I think Westworld is more of like a Stranger Things. Sorry, Severance is more of like Stranger Things, where it's like it's going to be a little bit more organic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I, so I hope so. Where yeah. does this rank in the biggest like falling off of a show that you guys can remember? I mean, From I season think it's... one to two. It's up there, and it it was surprising that they even greenlit season three. I think we were surprised about that, and then the fact that they made season four, I'm like, nobody I know is going to watch season four. So it's actually more impressive that they kept with it. Um, I would say Hannibal was a was a, you know really catching on and doing really well, and they ended it after three seasons out of the blue. Um, that was pretty surprising. Uh, but that had nothing to do with the content. That was just because of it yeah. being too gruesome for date. Like right, uh, it was actually non, doing pretty non-cable. well. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird show to begin with. But well, but um, if that show was on FX, you might have got seven seasons. Right? Yeah. You never. I mean, know. shows that fell off, like worst ever season twos. Can you guys? What can you think of for that? Like shit that got canceled after a hot ass start. I'd have to spend some time. I can't think of anything right uh, now. West I mean, t- Strain, uh, True Detective. Um, True Detective. Uh, if season four sucks, then we know. Most Netflix shows that I I binge watched an average season one and then was like, I can't even watch season two. <laughs> um, but I, I think that this is like a colossal miss for HBO. Mm-hmm. I think that they believed that Westworld was their replacement for Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, and that's what they're hoping. Yeah. Was not it was a, a big decision. Well, or at least at least a, uh, a a holdover, like like tied you over until Game of Thrones came back Thrones, at, yeah. at that time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I I. It's sad that two of those shows you listed had season ones that were so brilliant, and then yeah. season twos that were a lot un, a, un, yeah. unimaginably disappointing. Yeah. To to a degree where you're like, what are we even doing? And I think I think we all thought season three of true detective was going to be a comeback and it was anything but right it was just very bland unmemorable um i don't think any of us made it past episode two of season three oh i watched the whole thing of i don't think no, no, I no, think- oh, no, no, no of westworld i think we no. all after like the whole like take the glasses off thing we we're like all right this is just stupid they've lost yeah. the plot here yes all right um Let's hit up one last show and a, a Disney Plus show, Star Wars: The Acolyte. We got some news about that. Why should we be excited about? That? Yeah, this is this is really cool. I feel like this, you know, they're not going to have to tie this in to a lot of the like the Mando stuff. It's on a it's on a timeline we've never really seen before. We've never seen a hundred years before Anakin. Um, and this is really cool. This is like the height of the Republic. Um, but you, this is going to be like a mystery story of a Jedi and their Padawan investigating, right? And some of the really cool stuff in the prequels was like when um, Obi-Wan was like investigating stuff, right? And going to Genosis and then following these breadcrumbs. So play into that. 
And they're trying to figure out like where this kind of like these evil activities are coming from. And I think that they're going to discover some really cool Sith dark side stuff. Um, I'm super excited about the show. I think that it's going to sort of be like Andor where the, you know, the, the chains are off a little bit. You don't have to tie it into all these. You don't have to have these guest appearances by characters to go tie into other stuff. It's really going to feel like it's a cool one-off, very why, creative. Why, what makes you, what makes you think that? Well, I mean, Yoda might show up because he's really old, but otherwise there's no characters really that we know that were alive a hundred years before Anakin was born, right? But what is? But why does that make you... Why do you think it's going to be like Andor in that the chains are going to be off? Well, because Andor doesn't feel the need to tie in to certain like, things. Like, they're telling a because very specific there's story. There's none of them. Yeah, right. And so they're not like... Hey, we have to have a, a, a you know a Jedi show up that we know, and then they're going to go in, good, good, you know, launch a spinoff. This is going to be its own deal. It's a prequel, a hundred years before things that we've really seen. So I, I think it's going to be amazing. I really hope so. Isn't it supposed to be kind of like based based on the lore of the Sith or something like that? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's going to explore that. Like they're going to like dive into it and and find out what's going on by you know. Like, I, the sequels were goofy, but I did like some of, like, the Sith artifact searching. And, yeah. like, I want, kind of want more of that. Like, the cool map items. I know it was kind of a MacGuffin and whatever, just to drive the plot. But it was cool, too. So they could spend more time on that stuff. It might be awesome. Agreed. All right, guys, it's time. Who, who is even, do we even, sorry, do we even know who's writing this? I don't, I don't know who's writing it. I, that That's who I care more about than... Yeah than anything else but we'll Who find did they out they had like Daphne Keen um yeah a couple Carrie other actors Kieran Moss. Moss who's whatever Manny, the cast Manny is Jacinto, like the cast stinks. is kind of big and relatively unknown like you'll see for Andor or a bunch of other shows but yeah it should be I think it's cool I'm, I'm excited for it all right uh well we'll keep it there hot Rex, not Rex. you don't need to go deep into it but Andor is just absolutely playing with gas at this point like mm-hmm. it is an amazing show uh other contender of the year mm-hmm. episode nine was self-contained but unbelievably powerful mm-hmm. man oh man it really I was mean, and without spoilers it's like it's showing the empire in a very realistic way of how you would maintain yes. control over a universe and it's ruthless and they're brutal and then they show you like the people that are actually sort of like driving these decisions and making them and they're just like kind of normal corporate like ambitious yeah. business people. You know what I mean? They're like doing these horrible things just so they can get promoted and get more power. It's like, that's the world. And it, it's really, really amazing. Um, the reveal at the end of the nine episode, episode nine was really, really cool. Um, I'm excited for 10. I think 10 in this case might actually be more of like a big set piece action episode. So I think they're setting it up. I think it's just a, an amazing show. It like, completely rethought what star wars could be it was star mm-hmm. wars for grown-ups i don't even think that many people are watching it but i think the people who are are like witnessing something different and really special yeah um i love this show i think it's um it's in my top three shows of the year without a doubt oh yeah top three for sure all right um how about you watched the premiere of white lotus season two uh, does it still have its magic after? Well, I watched two now. I watched two of them. Uh, There's okay. one last night. So two weeks in, yeah, I think it does. I mean, you know, this isn't a show where you're like can't miss it. It's 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 a fun show. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, it's beautiful people. It's beautiful setting. It's in Italy. I love that. And it, you know, they tease a cool plot, but mostly you're getting to know these characters. 
and their relationships. Um, it's a really good show. It's very, very well done. It's like the it's it's like Succession in that like the dialogue is so crispy and smart that that's really sort of what you're watching it for um, is smart dialogue. So, dude, I, I'm into it. I mean, it has doesn't really need like star power. I think it just has a great ensemble cast. I think White Lotus. Did is you hear? Good. Did you hear like how? Sorry, I, I I'll try and keep the tangent short. How White Lotus came to be during the pandemic? No, was it HBO asked Mike? I think it's Mike White. Yeah, who's the writer, creator, producer guy? What do you got for me? That's like easy that we could film in an isolated location. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like one of your things, and and this was the show that he he proposed, and HBO just kind of went for it based on the parameters of the pandemic and uh actors that were available and how they could film it and they loved his script and so it just kind of got greenlit out of kind of necessity to fill a void and it fucking slayed and now he's doing season two of this yeah so it was it i'm not gonna say it was like an accident because clearly he worked really hard but at the same time like it just it was something that he could film quickly like this. I, I mean, I can't imagine the cast had to be on set for, you know, this wasn't like a six month shoot. I mean, they like probably that. literally like, stayed in the f- super fancy resort that they just booked for out. three weeks yeah. and just knocked it out. And that's it. You know, I mean like the scenes probably didn't have a lot of variation. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. was just like, here's the kind of through lines. Um, so anyway, good for him. Happy for him. You know, especially now that, you know, us as a podcast and the viewers, we're getting a season two of this. So uh, good for everybody. All right. What about the show Cabinet of Curiosity? Yeah. So, you know, we I think we've been hyping this up a little bit. Uh, Guillermo del Toro produced this. He pretty much like found writers, found directors, let them make their own episodes. So with that said, there's a huge variation in quality of these episodes. So like, is this like uh, Love, is Death, artist. and Robots? Yeah. Is this but like, like Love, Death, and Robots meets, but hold on, meets Black Mirror in I would a way? say yes. Like, it's more just Black Mirror, but like for kind of horror, like traditional horror okay. ideas, um, which is cool. But, you know, there's some that are just unwatchable. Like the, the, the eighth episode as the finale is horrible. The opening episode, I think, is really bad. I think that three, four, and five are very good, and four especially. So you don't need to, there's no through line there. It's total anthology. I would just go watch like four. And if you like four, uh, check out, you know, three and five. Uh, and from there, just keep going if you want to. But yeah, there, some of them are very bad, and some of them are awesome. So um, I think overall, it's been a success. I think it's done really well. It's good numbers. But yeah, I like a few of them. Most of them are, are, more than half of them are pretty bad. Okay. I don't know. Not not sure that's a wreck. It's it's a wreck to go watch episode four. Just do that. Okay. Tell me what you think. It's good. All right. I have been watching the new AMC show with the worst title of all time. The title will make you hate it even more. It's called Anne Rice's Interview with a Vampire. Oh, you have been. Yes. I watched the first two episodes of it. Wow. That's not you. the worst title ever. Everybody knows what that is. Yeah. Interview with a Vampire is a great name. Why does she have to have her fucking name in it? Oh, because they can't. Because somebody probably already owns the title "Interview with a Vampire" and it's not Anne Rice, so they have to add the Anne Rice's colon interview to make wow, it a different title. Would you like it? Okay, do I like Thrones? Yeah, it's Grey Worm is the main character. Yeah. Um, the other vampire uh, is pretty good. He's like a French guy. He's good. Um, the interview guy is terrible. I don't know what his name is. I don't know what he's in. You'll recognize him. Yeah. He looks like playing anthony bourdain at all times 
Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like his character is just him copying Anthony Bourdain. Um, he's kind of terrible, uh, but he's not a huge part of the show. Most of the show is just, like, not the interview, you know. Right. The interview kind of starts it, and stops. It bookends it. Starts it, ends it, whatever. Um, I think I like it so far. I think. I'm not going to give you that it's a crazy um, hot wreck, but I would say it's probably worth checking out. Yeah. I mean, this is a show we talked about coming up, so I'm glad you you tried it. I watched the first episode a while ago, like when it came out on like the 4th of October or whatever, when the first one came out. Um, I was kind of bored. So I would say you can run with this one and watch 345 or whatever you're going to do. Get back to me. Now, this is this is nice for me. I liked two better than one. Like it's oh, got good. it got better, but like I'm still a little. I don't love old timey period piece stuff, and it's like yeah, kind of boring. Especially like for whatever reason, old timey America makes it more boring for me. Old timey America is just like um, all small towns in America, but like <laughs> it's just like hick Americans. <laughs> that's all it really is. Like it's well, not if, it, if old if old timey America isn't a western. You know, in right. that sort of genre, it's not like Gangs of New York. I don't necessarily like. It's not that fun. Anyway, right. carrying on. Yeah, so I'm not going to say I love it so far. I'm going to give it a little bit more of a watch. I think people, it's good enough to give it a try. That's what I would say. Okay. That's uh, Anne Rice's Interview with a Rant Vampire. <laughs> on AMC. Yeah, all right. You watched uh, uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I didn't even finish it, you guys. And I I think people are kind of liking it. You guys, do you have a Roku TV? No. Ryan, do you have a Roku TV? I did. I, um, yes. Yes, I did. Yes. If you do, you get the movie free. If you don't, I don't know how you watch it because it's on the Roku channel. So I happen Mm. to have all Roku TVs in my house and I like Yeah, TCL. A lot of TCL TVs are Roku TVs. Yeah, the TCL. Yes, I have TCLs. I have Roku. So whatever. So I tried to watch it. Um, It's not like a biopic at all. It's totally like it's like an Andy Samberg movie. It reminds me of Hot Rod, like the silliness of it. The Howard the Howard Stern movie, like Private Parts, where it's like a kind of a caricature, caricature over the top. Like the dad is like over the top mean, and the you know like it's just very silly. Um, Which the movie's called Weird. I'd expect some of that. It's also not that interesting or funny. So I think Daniel Radcliffe uh, makes poor decisions post-Potter. I think he wants to be this interesting... He wants to be like Jared Leto thinks he is, um, I think. And so he chooses very weird roles, and it doesn't always work for him. Well, that's um, pretty on the... Yeah, exactly. And so I don't love it. Uh, I, I can't recommend it. I, I think that some people have given it positive reviews, and that surprises me. Because to me, it's I think a really bad movie. I don't think he's choosing weird roles. I think he's choosing roles because he doesn't give a shit. Because he's still raking in millions of dollars in Harry That's Potter. Why, why? Why just uh, make royalties? Why make just bad make movies? On Eric, I don't you you watch Eric or uh, Jimbo? You watched the movie where uh, Swiss Army Man, where like the bloated corpse was farting all over him. He rides, that was great. rides Paul Dano's farting corpse to a, to safety at the end. Yeah, I so, just want okay. more Harry Potter movies. And I we watched might be half of the Akimbo movie where he he wakes up with guns bolted to his hands. Like that movie was so bad. I don't know what Daniel. He, I, I tried to watch the movie where he's like an 18th century Victorian man who goes to stay, and it's like a haunted house movie. Bad. We want more Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing he should be making. Dude, are are sure. Tom Holland and Daniel Radcliffe the same person in yes. that? 
the main mm-hmm. role that they were cast for is the only thing that they're good at? Maybe. Yeah, but the one of them got to date Zendaya, and the other one didn't. Never even got to fuck uh, Ginny in real life. I mean, that's pathetic. <laughs> um, okay, so th- that aside... Um, wow. Uh, I don't know where to go that. Took that. A, that took a quick turn. I can't believe that that's where you took it. All right, we're going to go to Nope. Or Hermione, for that matter. Nope. You watched it, finally. Oh, I saw yeah. it in theaters. You watched it. You rented it this week. I rented it. So, Jordan Peele, he's back with Nope. Uh, This is my favorite Jordan Peele movie yet. Um, I liked it better than Get Out, better than Us, and I don't know what else he's done. Didn't he do another one? He was like executive producer of Candyman. Which was actually really good. But anyways, dude, I I, I didn't know anything about it, but I started to get like spoilery stuff because it's been out for so long that like stuff started to come across that was like references and memes about it. I'm like, dude, no, it's time. I need to just rent it and watch it, get this over with before it gets spoiled. And the less you know, for sure, the better, um, because it is a very surprising story. But it's also the most straightforward story he's done, where you're following with the same characters. You learn as they learn. There's not these time jumps. There's not like, well, actually, that was, you know, an unreliable narrator. And this is what's happening. You just get to follow along. And I think that that helps with the tension of the movie. So that you're on the same page as the characters as they're going through these really wild experiences and things they don't understand but come to understand. Um, I thought the acting was fantastic. Daniel Kaluuya, like, as this kind of, like, stoic black Hollywood uh, cowboy was really, really good. Um, This movie was thrilling. Like, I had so much fun watching it. It wasn't scary at all. That's that's okay. It was fun. So, dude, I give Nope, like... Like a 93. Um, pretty strong review. Pretty strong rating. Cool. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I think he crushed it. I think his movies are really fun. They're like my kind of horror movie at this Very point. Very original. They're like, they're, yeah, they're original. They're scary-ish parts, but it's not like gory, disgusting, scary. Yeah. It's like interesting, creative, fun, scary. And this There's one, lots of- one thing I'll add is that like, and this isn't why I liked it more, but it was less uh, political. It was less of a social statement. It just had, like, really strong black characters that were, you know, normal. And it wasn't like it had to be like they were coming up against white people in some way or society in some way. They were just awesome characters. And that was great. That was enough. Really was. All right, guys. Let's move on to our final segment of the day. That will be... Whoa. Sorry. One thing I got to interrupt with. Jimbo... Uh, I just realized there's a review you forgot to give, and that was for oh, the shit. first 22 minutes of Jurassic World Dominion <laughs> oh, uh, that you watched. Dude, I can't. I was shocked at how bad it was. I it's can't that believe bad. that Laura like, it's, it's completely, it's completely unwatchable. It's completely un. Did you try to watch it too, Ryan? Or you just mm. saw? I tried to watch it. No, I saw. Yeah, I saw yours, and I was like, boy, if Jimbo didn't even make it that far, I have no idea. I mean, I can't believe how bad the they make these movies. I, I don't even want to go into it besides the fact that like, don't even bother, even though it's free somewhere on Paramount or something or Peacock, who gives a shit? Um, not good. Like, I'm so glad this is the last one they're doing. And maybe they reboot at some point, but they're now they're like into the future where there's just dinosaurs in Montana and there's whatever, you know, it's just, it's just not a good movie. It's really, really bad. And the whole thing has been a total failure. The whole set of sequels. That's brutal. That's rough. All right, guys, time for our three watch. And this week in our three watch, we are going to be moving Coen Brothers. And they're, what, 1996 movie? Uh, Fargo. Is this their first movie? 
Mm, no, come on. No, they had um, they had like one or two Raising... kind of smaller things, but this was definitely a big breakout movie for well, them. Well, Raising Arizona wasn't all. Yeah, it did okay. Yeah, Nick Cage was a big star at the time, so yeah, that was a big deal. I mean, we could have started with that one, but we had to pick and choose. So this movie is about Minnesota and a truish story or a truish version of a story. No, um, no, it's not. That was no. all made up. It's no. not really a true yes. story. Yes, <laughs> yeah. dude, that's that's part of the hype of the movie is that they put this info card in the front before anybody really knew much about these filmmakers, and they said, you know, these events are based on a true story. The names have been changed. The rest is unchanged. Whatever, totally fake. And then during the press oh. for the movie, they didn't answer questions about it. Oh, and so it was very mysterious. And a lot of people thought it was real. In fact, to the point where there's a there was a Japanese woman that after the movie came out saw the saw the movie and spent all her money to come to Minnesota to search for the briefcase of money. She thought it was still there. And there's actually a documentary about her going broke trying to find this money because she thought the movie was real. Totally just an in you know invention of the writer, which well, I and, and I think they they got out of it because they were like at the end of it it was like um, out of respect for the dead the rest is made up. Or something like yep. that. Yeah, the which, names have been which, changed out of respect for the dead. And you're like, oh shit. It's a hype-ass beginning, yeah. though. Okay. Um, I I don't know about this movie, guys. What like, do you mean? <laughs> you can't even describe, like, what happens or what? Okay, so there's a guy who obviously, before the movie started, hired some sketchy dudes, right? Am I right on that? Yeah, I mean, you saw the meeting with with them and the sketchy him and the sketchy dudes at this bar in Minnesota, yep. you know, and he's like saying, "Hey, I got it. Like, I'm in deep with some people. You don't need to know about that, but you have to kidnap my wife. My mm-hmm. insanely rich father in law who hates me is going to pay to get her back, and then all my my worries are done, and and life is good again." Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I guess like my least favorite time of movie making is the nineties because everything looks um, so sketchy with how they film it. Um, I thought that like this plot was really straightforward and simple, which was kind of fun. And like, I felt like I liked the movie more because it was like, so Minna centric, like, you know, it was all about Minnesota and like every place I was like, Oh, I know that place. I know that place. Oh, I know. That. Like, I love to hear Minnesota things. You're like 394. I've been there. 394. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know that building. Oh, white bear Lake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like I just appreciated they all just of the Minnesota. hit you over the head with like the towns and the places they're going. And like, they mentioned, I mean, what movie do you watch? That's like, even in like the Boston movies that are like, this is a Ben Affleck Boston movie. They still don't say as many like street and town names as this movie. No, never. And so I liked all of that, but I felt like that was for like people in Minnesota to enjoy. And that was my favorite part of the movie. And I think that that was a little problematic. Um, what'd you think of the kidnappings? I thought it was great. I thought it was like exciting, but silly, right? Like just over the top goofy. I mean, I think you'll see that from the Coen brothers a little bit, like a little bit of hyper stylized sometimes, and then really mundane and like super straightforward other times. So I will be, uh, I'm just going to be upfront about this. I have not watched Fargo in probably 15 years. Right. Like it's, it's been a long time since I've watched this. Um, not because I didn't enjoy it when I first did, not because I don't like the Coen brothers. I just, had no reason to watch this movie again. Right. I've seen it many times, you know, long ago when it first came out and haven't really watched it since. Um, I think it's a little clunky. I think you can tell that they're 
like uh, budding filmmakers that are on the verge of doing great things, but this is not their best work. And um, I think maybe some of the things that Eric is seeing, I was seeing too, uh, because I was really looking at it with a critical eye because we're doing this rewatch. I want to be perfectly honest. This is not a, oh, Jimbo said this is his favorite movie, so I want to shit on it. Like that's that's not that this type of thing. This was like, I, I wanted to feel the, like the, the magic that I felt when I originally watched this, which again, a lot of the Minnesota references, the accent, and all of it felt very kitschy. All of it felt very like over the top um, and caricaturish. However, that's kind of the Coen Brothers magic, right? Yeah. They did that with The Big Lebowski. Um, they've done that multiple times with other films other than No Country for Old Men. Um, but I feel like the tone wanted you to feel like this was serious. But then some of the other stuff that happened was like more silly. And it was mm-hmm. kind of tough to discern when I they were trying strikes. to be one or the other. So I mean, I, I think you brought that up. And I think it's like on purpose. Like they have these hyper violent wild moments where like you know they get pulled over and with this woman in the back and they have to now kill a cop and they fucking blast him and it's intense and then they spin around and go kill two motorists that happen to see them and they track them down i mean like these hyper violent very serious not for laughs scenes and then they go to like that like the you know marge gunderson in a bar interviewing these like hookers in mankato that are like so yeah i don't know he's just kind of funny looking like (laughs) <laughs> I, I loved it. I think that's super important to it to be, you know, it's quirky. It's it's quirky intentional. Dude, were people from Minnesota offended by this? Uh, at the time, yeah. But, like, dude, it's perfect. It's an ode to it Minnesota. Is- they couldn't be more fucking accurate to Minnesota. So listen it's to us amazing. right now. I have, t- I have three beers in me, and I'm literally, my <laughs> accent's coming out, and I can't help it. So I up? disagree. I mean, I know, I know it was done on purpose for effect, but I thought the Oyas got real old real quick. Okay. Like, I talk to Minnesotans all day. Um, nobody talks like that. And I, again, I realize it was it was exaggerated. But like the amount of times they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah," like we're not fucking Norwegian. Like that's not yeah, the way we are. Like, and I know a lot of people that talk just yeah, like but that. we're not German. But nobody, no, stop it. Nobody yeah. is like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Nobody says J A like Germans do. Like they might say, "Oh yeah," or "Yeah," but they they're not like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, like nobody, it was, I was so, I was so annoyed with like the amount of times that that was repeated over and over, um, that it took me out of the movie a little. How did you, so, okay, let's focus on the, like something you maybe thought was good. Um, did you guys like how understated, but smart the main character was who won best actress for this role? Um, she was great. Marge Gunderson. She's great. She dominates. She just, like, shows up. She's pregnant. She's, like, feeling like shit. And she, like, well, I think this happened here. And then these guys clearly went out. And she, like, solves the whole fucking crime like a boss. I think that the best part of the movie is her. Yes. I think the second Frances, part- Frances McDormand is by far the best part of the movie. Totally agree. The other part of the movie I liked was the talkative villain guy. Buscemi. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, Buscemi. is fantastic in this, of he's course. great. Every time he's on the screen, I am infatuated with the movie. He is great in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought there was a lot of good. I thought that the guy who had the whole plot, the car dealer guy, was... William H. Awful. Macy. I didn't like well, him. he was, I mean, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, so people at the time really thought he did a great job, but... He, he like, ruined the movie a little for me. I mean, yeah, I like a lot of scenes. 
I feel like I'm being really like it's, I'm sounding like I'm being negative, and it's more that I don't really like '90s movies. I liked this movie, okay. So my opinion is actually that I liked this movie. Um, I thought it was good. I thought the story was really small um, compared to pretty much everything else that I watch, which I think is like endearing and fun. Mm-hmm. That it just wasn't like some like big save the world story. It wasn't something that was massive. That every person on Earth was in danger. Like this didn't affect that many people. It was a pretty small story. And but I like think the that- body count yeah. is pretty significant by the end. I mean, you have um, the like I think I have it listed somewhere, but the four the three people that die on the highway, and then you have the dad who dies. You have the wife who dies. You have. Buscemi who dies. Buscemi dies. It's like up to like six or seven. Yeah. Which is about what you get in like a season of the Fargo show. Yeah. yeah, And, and Jibbo, what are your favorite aspects of some movies? It's a tight 90. It is a tight, I know. It's an hour and 32 minutes. It's a perfect 90. And that's all you need. And it's like, I don't know. And guess who, okay, this is an interesting thing. I texted Ryan with this. So the cinematography, right, of like, by the way, how often do you see a movie that uses actual snow? I mean, you have Steve Buscemi, like, running through, like, you know, he buries the money, and that's real snow. He's, like, falling. You know how you, like, you're walking on it every third step? You, like, yeah. sink down to your fucking knees? Yeah. So, Roger Deakins did this, and he's the guy that, that works with Den- Denis Villeneuve as well. So, like, two-thirds of the movies we watch on our three-watch have Roger Deakins as the as the cinematographer. How fucking cool. That's amazing. So he was yeah, nominated so I, for cinematography. He was nominated for Best Picture. Um, the, you know, Best Actress won. Supporting Best Supporting Actor, Best Director was nominated. So this was like a huge movie at the time. I think that this movie coming out at a very similar time to Seven was like small fish to to Seven is what I, my kind of takeaway was. And like trying Maybe to watch popular it. pop. Yeah, I mean, this was considered it's an seven, indie so, movie at the time. Yeah, 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 for sure. I like this movie. I don't think it was in the same category as Seven and like how much I enjoyed it and how complicated it was. It was a fun way to look at um, how to make a movie. I loved all the Minnesota stuff. It made me add points probably to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this got incredible scores from pretty much everyone who reviewed it. I'm most definitely in the fresh side of this, but I think my score is going to be like an 81. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> like, it's, an average. it's an average, so don't worry about it. I I bring it up. It's called Fargo, so like the Minnesota points, I felt a little offended that it's called Fargo when Fargo's in North Dakota, not Minnesota. Yeah, and I I realize that's splitting hairs, but that and that's a small pittance. I think that I thought William H Macy's role was pretty well executed as like a bumbling moron who's an idiot, and that's why he's in the situation that he he gets himself. And it doesn't so many people into so much trouble. Hold on. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what he did. Like you don't really ever find out like why he's in fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. But you can tell within especially when he's trying to sell the undercoating that he's just a slime ball. Um his wife's, you know, neurotic because he's probably a complete douche at home. Anyway, um I think that the father in law is underrated. I feel like the this was this was them I don't think the Big Lebowski is as successful as it is if they didn't write Fargo because this was them kind of testing that like there's all these different touch points mm-hmm. and then at the end like the net tighten and you figure out everything. Yeah. Um I feel like Francis McDormand, as we've touched on, is heads and tails above everyone else. 
the I didn't understand the scene with the weirdo guy, the Asian uh, dude. Why that was, why that was necessary? Yeah, um, I don't know how that fit into the story, other than to show like she's very nice and Minnesotan, but like get the fuck away from me. Uh, I'm not comfortable. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know the wood chipper is iconic. Everything, but I I I did dock some points for a few things. It's like an 85. Okay. Well, this hurts a little bit. Um, but here comes my first ever 100 out of 100 on this movie. Oh my gosh! The acting, the pacing. There's no flaw. You can't find you can't find Every any flaws is in this iconic. movie. You can't um, find any flaws in this movie, Jim. Come on. Not really. No. I mean, I think I'm, I'm here for this. He's never done this before. We've been doing this forever. Who am I to question it? I love it. I love. I watch. I mean, every walk. scene is is important and special, and I watch them all with a huge smile on my face. I haven't seen this movie in ten years, but I've probably seen it fifteen times. Um, I love this movie. I'm gonna get an ice scraper tattoo. I think because of this movie at this point, um, because the ice scraper, you know, Willie H Macy's using it on the car, and then later they listen. Marks listen, the I think money. it's more important that you get you get an Oldsmobile uh, logo yeah. tattooed on the your Sierra, body as opposed to an ice scraper. Yeah. Um, dude, I love this movie. I mean, I get that it's it's. I have ties to it, and I was not able to watch it objectively. Uh, I love this movie. Um, I love the Coen brothers. It's going to be very interesting after next episode when we have to fight for these things and we have to rank these movies. That's going to be tough for me because uh, I feel like you guys are going to shit all over it again. But well, here's here's the thing, Jibbo. I I watch you know old co- No Country for Old Men, and yep. then I watch Fargo, and in my brain. There's a zero percent chance that Fargo is better than No Country. Yeah, and so it's hard for me to reconcile that fact. I understand, and, and that's just that's personal opinion. I'm not and shitting you, on mean, your rating. I'm not shitting on your rating. No, I get it. I get it. And I'm I'm proud and happy to give it a hundred out of a hundred. I think it's a perfect movie. Um, that being said, I also understand why you guys feel that it's not. So we're good. I love it. I wish I could give you a hug because I love that you love this movie so much. That you're going to stamp against Neil Justin your hundred out of a hundred rating on Fargo <laughs> as Justin. the best movie you've ever reviewed on this on this podcast. And after six hundred and thirty some episodes, we got the first hundred out of a hundred rating. I think the closest we ever came was Coffee at a ninety nine for me and Eric. Very impressive. Yeah, I think I gave. <laughs> so that's hard to argue with, right? Yeah. Well, thank you guys I mean, for watching it. I, you know how I felt already going in, so awesome. I tried to do the, I tried to do the free stars for the week. It didn't work. I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I, I've, I've rented stars for a month for eight dollars. So I'm gonna watch the shit out of stars while my Netflix is canceled. I think that, uh, uh, that until my subscription's X, over. X is on there, and that's kind of cool. So, ooh, maybe I should. One. I'll fire that one up. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, our next three-watch movie is going to be our first Denis movie, and it's going to be the movie Prisoners from 2013. So the only thing that's unfair about this is the time that these people are making these movies, um, which sucks because the totally. first two totally. movies, yeah. and this one's going to be a little newer. They'll catch up later on, but it would still be a fun thing for us to just debate early career, middle career, and late right. career some of the best in the business so yeah and and that that is certainly not fair to uh you know the coen brothers who were doing movies in the early 90s and then denis doesn't get started until 2013 early right. 2010s you know essentially with some of the short films and then eventually gets prisoner 2013 you know i, I don't think it's going to matter that much no 
don't these know. movies are like you know they're not relying on big special effects these are like fucking gritty ass like this first three by the way how funny is it that like obviously the first movie seven people died it's called seven the second movie called fargo seven people also died we'll see what happens in prisoners i'm gonna keep a very close body count to see if some yeah. fucking weird thing happens here i think we'll have to get to sicario for uh seven deaths for seven in, uh, this might be more like one Denis or two in prisoners yeah. yeah i've never seen prisoners so i this is one of the i think this is the only movie in our 15 that i haven't seen yet Eric, so from an eviscerates the classics standpoint, is this is this an evisceration or is this a tepid? Don't hold back because of me, motherfucker. I'm I'm not holding back. I liked this movie. It was charming. It Mm. just like I just think that like people didn't know how to make good movies in the '90s, and that doesn't mean that this wasn't a good movie or there aren't good '90s movies. But like every '90s movie is just worse than it would be if they would have just made it like in the you know the same movie with the same budget in a newer time like yeah. I, I think like I get stuck in 90s except, except for Three Ninjas I mean Three Ninjas is atrociously bad but like I love <laughs> it. it's the same 90s shit that you know they, they just made worse movies then and it's impossible to get around it um, yeah. I liked this movie it was super charming I don't know if I would have liked it as much if it was if it wasn't so Minnesotan, like every mm-hmm. Minnesota thing, I was I know. like, and I know, and I'm counting yeah. that. I'm absolutely. What you go ahead, man. Oh, I was I'm, counting what? every single yeah. thing they said with a smile on my face. One hundred towns they mentioned, all the oh. highways, all the bars. It's filmed at this place. There was a place that they filmed right across from my old like apartment in Dinky Town at a like a yep. auto place. I love that. So I'm very tied into this movie. The Minnesota yeah. stuff had me, so I I like that. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed the movie. It's it. I see why it's a classic. I'm glad I finally watched it. I had never seen it before, and you know I'm not in the eviscerating mood on this one. Gus, Gustafson is the perfect uh, car dealership name because I think that's also one of the names of the the last names of the characters in Grumpy Old Men, also set in Minnesota. John John Gustafson. Yeah. So they they really everybody leaned into that for for the last names in Minnesota. Although. I, I don't know a single person with the last name of Gustafson. Oh, I do. In, Ashley in Gustafson, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> all right, guys, that is going to be all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Go check out our sportscast. We talked about the 7-1 Minnesota Vikings, and we danced all over the grave of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Um, so go check that out. It was a very happy, fun episode. Um, and otherwise, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.